0: Welcome to News in Focus with your host Chris Long, President of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus
1: is Chris Long. And welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. We're going to have part two in a series on the attacks on churches in Ohio. Last week we told you about Recent reports in the month of August of vandalism on on the campuses of a number of worship centers, uh, churches across the state, we're going to hear a couple of those reports. The first report is from Washington County. That's right outside of Marietta. That was a Catholic church there. Uh, And then we're going to hear a follow-up report from from a Cleveland news station talking about the Willoughby Catholic Church, uh, where a, 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 a vandal went in and created a lot of damage and actually attempted to set the church on fire. Let's go first to that report from Washington
2: A church in Washington County is recovering from an act of vandalism last week. Father Walter Hines of St. John the Baptist Church in Churchtown entered the church to prepare for Mass on the morning of August 21st. He did not expect to find a lectern knocked over, pages torn from the church's missile, and paschal candle destroyed. The Washington County Sheriff's Office responded to the crime, and three people have been charged in connection with the vandalism. Father Hines says the church has mostly recovered and replaced the damaged items. Still, he says the crime was upsetting for him and the parish
3: just like anybody else you feel violated I mean when somebody violates something as sacred and holy as this is and cherished by these good people for so many many years you but the, the ladies came in for mass and I told them we couldn't have mass
2: He says women from the parish volunteered to clean up the mess. There's no visual evidence left of the vandalism. Father Hines says that after this experience, they will be locking up the church at night.
1: Well, that, again, is a report down there just outside of Marietta in the hills there, a beautiful little Catholic church uh, that was vandalized by four individuals. I know that they charged three. Uh, There was actually child endangering involved because it was a six-year-old that was uh, with them, and uh, that was in the report from last week. Uh, But, uh, again... A very troubling experience for the congregation, but it's not an isolated incident. Let's go to a case. Again, this was all happening in the last several weeks uh, during the month of August. This one is in Willoughby, Ohio. Uh, There's a Catholic church there that was terribly vandalized. Let's listen to that report from a Cleveland TV station.
4: Police say a man went on a drunken rampage at a local church, breaking in, destroying property, even leaving a trail of blood on the holy grounds. Jim Nelson live tonight with new video from inside the sanctuary. Jim. Yeah, Chris, not only that, cops say he tried to set the building on fire. That blood likely came from breaking glass. I talked to the priest here tonight, as you might imagine. He's shocked by all of this, but he tells me the entire congregation is focused on moving forward. A statue of the Virgin Mary toppled over, the crucifix knocked off the wall, only some of the damage at Immaculate Conception Catholic Church. It was a desecration of the church and this is our holy place, this is where we come to meet God. Father Michael Troja has spent parts of 15 years at the Willoughby Church, hard to imagine anything darker than this. It all started in the 24 hour chapel. Police say this surveillance video shows 30 year old Eric Beck as he walks in just after 1 a.m. Saturday. Police photos show the damage that was done there. About 40 minutes later, you see the guy entering the church's main area using a snow shovel to beat the candles. It was really very sad to see, very, very sad. Cops say he tried setting the carpet on fire with a lighter and hand sanitizer. All of this set off a security alarm. Willoughby police got to the church just before 2 o'clock and made the arrest. Beck, who's from Painesville and not a member of the church, bonded out of jail, but he's charged with breaking and entering, vandalism, and arson. Insurance will cover damage and cleanup. In fact, most of the damage was cleaned up by Saturday in time for weekend services, including Sunday Mass. It brings us closer together and we have our faith that keeps us going and um, we'll get through this. We'll get through this very well, I think. Now, police said Beck was, quote, highly intoxicated, but they've not said anything about a possible motive. No court date yet has been listed for him. He did appear this morning. As you saw there, they are all just focused on getting over this and continuing on with the church's mission. Live in Willoughby, Jim Nelson, 19 News.
1: And yet another church in Shelby, Ohio. This again in August. Uh, These are all in Ohio, folks. These are uh, our neighborhoods. And this is a church in Shelby. And three individuals there went in and did tens of thousands of dollars of damage to audio equipment of uh, the infrastructure of the church. And that that church was shaken by the experience. Another one in Knox County. Now, that was uh, on the eve of Easter this last year in Knox County. But these are some of the reports that are coming into the Ohio Christian Alliance uh and again a large ministerium that was uh, sharing with us information then we did a search and then we saw these other churches and then we reported it on last week's program with us on the phone we are delighted to say is state attorney general dave yost our dear friend and he's concerned about this as much as we are david welcome to the program
3: it's good to hear your voice chris
1: well it's good to have you on today my friend and you know, you and I—I uh, I, I think it was about a year and a half ago, a year ago—that uh, St. Joe's Catholic Church in Columbus, Ohio, was uh, the victim of a uh, protest that turned somewhat uh, violent and destructive. Uh, and the the local police in the city of Columbus had not made any arrests at that time, to our knowledge. You and I went to a to service together. Uh, your wife and I, uh, your wife and my wife, and the four of us went. Uh, we're not Catholic, but we went as. Uh, to worship with them is a sign of solidarity, and we made statements. We encouraged the local law enforcement of the city prosecutor and local law enforcement to pursue it, which, uh, thanks to you, they did, and um, those people were cited and fined, and uh, they had to go to trial, and then it, it seemed like that was going to be the end of it. But here comes um, you know, the August 8th election, there's a lot of, um, you know, obviously a very high-spirited uh, emotions on both sides of an issue, let's say August 8th and then going into November, and I'm not sure if it has a connection, but it leads one to question, why right after the August 8th election, as now as we go into November, um Is this something that was actually targeted of these churches? We don't know. We don't know all the motives yet. We know in one instance at a Parma church that we didn't reference in our report so far, but the the priest got up and said, unfortunately our congregation has been victimized by vandalism, and then there was some writing that was on the wall of abortion rights. So that was the only indication we had of each of these, but there has been banter on the dark web of individuals who may be involved in the occult, uh, that are involved in different, uh, you know, dark societies that have been talking very vitriol, um, harmful uh, statements against Christians and Christian churches, and that may have led to, to these recent incidences. So what are, what's your thoughts on this, David?
3: Well. There's nothing that connects these that we know of at this time. In several instances, the defendants, the people, have been uh, identified, and uh, several of them have been arrested. Uh, But at the same token, it's not hard to see the animosity toward God, uh, toward people of faith uh, in the secular world around us. Uh, You mentioned the uh, uh, church up in uh, in Parma. And you know that they took a crucifix in that church and hung it upside down. Uh, the messages weren't just about abortion, uh, which you might say this was a, uh, a political thing. Uh, the the message was also included: uh, there is no God, and another message. Don't read the Bible, because God is dead. Uh, so th- this is not just a political thing. Th- these, uh, At least in that particular incident, the vandals intended to send a message of animosity toward God and his people.
1: You know, it is disturbing that this is on the Increase. I don't remember this growing up as a child. Obviously, I was raised in the Catholic Church later. um, I became a born-again Christian and started attending evangelical churches. But I don't remember this kind of uh, activity or vandalism or animus towards people of faith. Normally, people who didn't agree with people of faith would just avoid them and avoid the houses of worship and all that. Um, if, if there was something like this, it would be very rare and seldom. Uh, what we're seeing now is an increase uh activity and obviously here in the month of august i mean one month i mean that's why I just if they are random um and haphazard it, it is kind of curious that there's people in washington county same time as there's a gentleman up there and uh, uh commits these acts in um willoughby and he t- attempted the um you know it's attempted arson because they have him on camera t- trying to light uh the altar on fire then there's the parma incident Then they do not have um any arrest in that case in parma shelby uh they did make arrests there and then i think knox county uh, the church there, Christ the King Church, that one still is under investigation. That was from last spring, uh, just before Easter. But again, the the damage to that church was terrible in Knox County. So, you know, this is, uh, we've made some calls around the state. We put out an alert, is the Ohio Christian Alliance. Uh, sometimes when we do that, people then will say, hey, by the way, here's additional ones. Now, there were other reports that came in. Uh, they didn't rise to the level that these did, so we didn't include them in this audio report. But... Um, David, it's got to be a concern to you to see to see the increase in uh, attacks of on uh, on faith it's itself in the state of Ohio. Well,
3: it absolutely is. Uh, you know, you referenced the disruption of the mass, uh, and you and I, uh, our, our trip down there to Columbus to St. Patrick's. Following that. Uh, I'm proud to say that we drafted and uh, encouraged uh, the General Assembly to pass the Sacred Spaces Act, which elevated uh, the penalties for people that would uh, invade a church and disrupt people in worship, uh, making that a criminal offense. Because one of the things we found out when we investigated it, Chris, is that uh, the the most serious charge you could bring— was a fourth-degree misdemeanor. Right. Um, So uh, uh, I'm thinking about what else we need to do here. Uh, We've had synagogues um, over the last couple of years that have been targeted for these kind of acts as well. And let's not even begin to talk about the pregnancy centers uh, that came under attack last summer.
1: That's right. And so uh, the one ministerium that has like 125 ministers in their, a rather large ministerium in central Ohio, it's in the Richland, uh, Ashland, Knox County area. Um, They reached out to us of these reports in Shelby and Knox County, uh, but also they had other incidences as well, and and we're collecting those, and we'll pass them on to your office. One of the questions they had was about, how how do we go about informing the FBI or the Justice Department? And I was a little uh, jaded by that, only because— We've had some experiences with the FBI and appealing to the Justice Department. And when we think about the Covington Catholic High School students, uh, that where we made an appeal uh, to the FBI and the Justice Department, the Justice Department did send the Ohio Christian Alliance a letter uh, from the director that they would uh, look into the matter. The local FBI office out of Cincinnati never responded to us. Uh, but, you know, again, as long as they're following up and doing something, this is when the, the school was being— um maliciously attacked verbally uh the threats against the school uh, burning the school down uh you know uh, the students themselves uh uh threats against the students so it was really serious and it was out there on social media on twitter and all that it's funny how they were uh you know deplatforming all kinds of other people of speech they didn't but they didn't take those down uh so we have made an appeal uh now the local covington uh kentucky covington um community prosecutor now he did pursue it and i had him on my radio program and we talked and he pursued a lot of these individuals that were out of state by the way and uh that really put a silence to the attacks on the churches with that prosecutor and the work that he was doing within the limits of the law that he could pursue. And I asked him, did you have help from the FBI? He said, Chris, unfortunately, no, we've received no assistance from the FBI in this matter. So that's why I'm, I'm a little, you know, I mean, I don't want to dissuade these pastors from uh, pursuing uh, the federal authorities, the Justice Department, the FBI, but Neither do I want them to be discouraged because no action or interest is is expressed at all in their uh, situation. Your thoughts, David?
3: Well, let's start by saying that I am not a fan of the current administration uh, and its Justice Department. Uh, Merrick Garland has uh, abided by a a politicization of uh, justice that I think is... Terribly uh, unfortunate is under uh, an understatement. We can remember him. His uh, FBI had a uh, memo out of the uh, field office in Virginia saying that uh, conservative Catholics that celebrate the Latin Mass were uh, should be regarded as domestic terrorists. And and uh, of course, we we all remember during the pandemic, the parents who went to school boards and and the Justice Department's reaction to that. So I I don't want to give them a pass. I don't have a lot of uh, confidence uh, in the Washington uh, folks that are running the Justice Department. But at the same token, Let's be fair. The federal government, when we were growing up, there used to be our parents' generation used to say, hey, don't make a federal case out of it. Ah. Um, and, you know, the Covington case, I believe, occurred during the Trump administration, which was very friendly, very supportive of religious liberty. Um, and the fact of the matter is... Um, while they have jurisdiction over lots of different things, including civil rights enforcement, uh, the fact of the matter is those of us who work in law enforcement know that they only take a tiny fraction of the cases that they could take. Uh, So when you stack up, uh, as horrible as it is, a church vandalism like we're talking about on the show here today against terrorism and uh, child uh, sex trafficking and the uh, epidemic of drug trafficking that's going on with our our southern border being uh, wide open. It's just, uh, it's not hard to see that they've got an awful lot on their plate. And I don't know that I would ever have real high expectations that the FBI is going to step in on, on, on something like that. That being said, please call. Please report it. M- you know, At least make it a public record that it happened. Make, yes. make it clear that, that you tried. You went to uh, the Department of Justice, the FBI, and said this happened. You guys should look into it. If they choose not to, perhaps that's understandable. Perhaps it's less understandable, but at least... You are putting it in front of them. If we don't say anything, we can't even have a debate about the relative merits of these cases.
1: We're talking with State Attorney General Dave Yost. We're talking about the recent attacks on churches in Ohio by way of vandalism, uh, and some of it is very serious in the tens of thousands of dollars. These congregations are shaken, as you've heard early in the program. Uh, you know, the, the one priest talked about, it you feel violated, and it certainly, um, you know, has shaken them, because it's a sacred space. Um you know david when we action items that they can take i think where they can get most results are, is local law enforcement uh, the city prosecutor or the uh, the county prosecutor or the local police department and that's where we've seen action so here in shelby i'm looking at a detailed police report in fact they gave all the statement from the pastor is included in this report and that's very helpful uh, the church which was uh, christ the king church and they they received tens of thousands of dollars which with of damage i don't believe that there was arrest in that case um i think they're still pursuing somebody uh let's see no it looks like they did do have someone that they did uh finally make a um an arrest there i do believe Uh, again this was in knox county so the, the sheriff's department got involved. So that's that's important, and I think the churches and pastors do need to respond. And like you say, they need to report it. And the first cause of action is to go to your local law enforcement, go to your county sheriff or your local prosecutor, and uh, pursue uh, you know the, the you know obviously you know uh, pursuing the criminality of this of of these individuals who've committed these crimes. Um, your thoughts on that?
3: Chris, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, your local prosecutor, your local sheriff, your local police department—they're the ones that have the first, um, the first line of defense uh, for our communities. And look, they need to. Uh, on the one hand, this is just a vandalism, right? I mean. Uh, these kinds of incidents occur in our communities all the time.
4: They do. And
3: so for an office, for a police officer, you know, coming through, uh, it might not seem a breaking and entering, you know, uh, a book got tore up, uh, you know, there was a message on a whiteboard. They, they might go, oh, like, where's the big deal here? They need to hear from us, because what that, that priest that you quoted in Marietta said— A church isn't just a garage. A church isn't a storefront or a Starbucks that got the front window knocked out. It is a sacred space. It's a place where we go with our families. It is a place... Think about this. How vulnerable are you as you sit or stand or even kneel with your eyes closed in, in reverence to God? That's right. You have to be in a safe environment. And so it's up to us to make sure that our local officials know that this isn't simply a matter of vandalism, that this is actually an invasion of what ought to be the most protected space in our society. And one other thing, I love love the pastor in Shelby who talked to the news media, and he said— we have, we're we having a revival yes. we're meeting every night this week. That's right. We're going to send a message that you are not going to drive us away from God. You are not going to shut down our church. You are not going to scare us from seeking God. And that message needs to be loud and clear. That's the Christian tradition going back to the gladiators and the lions, uh, Christians standing up against persecution, Fearlessly and committed to uh, uh, a committed allegiance to God that nothing on this earth can, can shake.
1: Well, that's right. And the pastor up there in Willoughby said the same thing. It's caused us to rally. Uh, you know, and obviously it was a serious uh, incident where their church was almost burnt. You know, uh, and we have seen this kind of um, devastation of churches, and so uh, churches attacks are on the increase, unfortunately. But uh, you know, we thank we thank God for local law enforcement to to pursue this and hopefully uh, you know distract people from uh, thinking that this is a good thing when uh, they face the full measure of the law. Uh, We're talking with State Attorney General Dave Yost. Uh, David, we're going to keep you up to date on this. Obviously, we hope that there's nothing more to report. Um, We'll make sure that your office is aware of it. And I know that uh, your team has uh, been encouraging us to, uh, you know, make the reports, uh, to pursue it on the local level using the uh, protocol of local law enforcement. Uh, Do you have any final thoughts on this?
3: Well, I am very concerned that this isn't the last we've seen of this. Uh, N.T. Wright, uh, the English theologian, uh, perhaps British theologian, uh, wrote a book called Broken Signposts, where he talks about how in our post-Christian society in the West that the residual grace that came from everybody kind of understanding a Judeo-Christian set of values and following it, is beginning to fade, and fewer and fewer people remember what those shared values are. Um, whether, whether these are connected by people or anything else, they're clearly connected by a reduction in respect for each other, for humanity, uh, especially for those who worship the worship God. Well, we'll, I think that that's going to only continue.
1: We're going to stay on top of it. Thank you, Attorney General Dave Yost. God bless you, my friend. Thank you for all you're doing. Thank you, sir. All right. We'll be back on the other side with part two of this as well. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
4: In the Army National Guard, soldiers serve part-time and close to home. My community means everything to me. It helped shape me into who I am today and is where I choose to raise my own family. That's why I joined the Army National Guard. I'm proud of where I'm from and as a soldier, I get to give back to the people that helped me succeed. The education benefits I got from serving helped me get my degree and jumpstart my career. The training and leadership skills I've gained from the Army National Guard help me every day when I teach young people, help my neighbors, and look out for my community. I know that when my neighbors need us the most, my fellow soldiers and I will be ready. My family loves it here, and my part-time service means we get to stay here. Serve part-time in the community you live in as a proud member of the Army National Guard. Talk to your local recruiter or visit NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station.
1: You- Okay, and we're back. And if last week you missed the first part of this series of the church in Ohio is under attack with this vandalism, we're going to play for you now the first interview that we had and the reports about these assaults and attacks and vandalism on churches in recent weeks here in the state of Ohio. Whether it's coordinated or not, we do not know as of yet. Uh, we're looking into that. but here's that report that we filed first.
0: Well, we're going to talk about the church in Ohio is under attack. That is the title of today's message, and we've got documentation that has come into the office of the Ohio Christian Alliance that a number of churches have had severe vandalism in recent weeks in the month of August. And we don't know if this is coordinated through some type of uh, cultic or satanic um, uh, ritual group, but there, uh, there seems to be an increase in severe attacks against the church, including uh, attempted arson and uh, destruction to the tens of thousands of dollars that is very upsetting to these congregations that are facing these assaults. I'm going to read to you from Second Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy, without natural affection, trucebreakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, loves, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. From such turn away, For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning, and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Folks, we are living in perilous times. Let's go to a news report out of Washington County, Ohio, where a church was vandalized by four individuals and a minor is involved. Let's go there now.
2: Dispatched to St. John the Baptist Church in Churchtown for a report of vandalism and theft on the morning of August 21st. Staff Lieutenant Eric Hunter says there is video evidence from inside the church showing four people and a child breaking items and ripping pages out of Bibles. Lieutenant Hunter says the child then got behind the wheel of the suspect vehicle afterward.
4: After the church was ransacked, uh, the small child that was with them ended up getting into the suspect vehicle they drove there, uh, at which time the child ended up somehow knocking the vehicle out of gear. Nobody else was in the car. The car went down over a hill and crashed into a tree.
2: The sheriff's office reports the child was not hurt. Marietta residents Chelsea Bills and Tyler Bills are incarcerated on charges of breaking and entering desecration, and child endangerment. Desiree Lewis of Adamsville is in jail on charges of breaking and entering and desecration. Brooklyn Wyatt of Belpré is in jail with no bond until her initial court appearance Thursday.
0: That is a report out of Washington County of Ohio, and I want to read to you also. An Ohio man arrested after attempting to light Catholic Church on fire vandalism. Uh, This is from August 16th. Police arrested a man Saturday suspected of attempting to light a Willoughby uh, church on fire in addition to heavily vandalizing it, causing an estimated $20,000 in damages. Authorities say that Eric Beck, 30, of Painesville, Ohio, in Immaculate Conception Church after responding to a motion alarm call at 2 a.m., Beck was holding a broken handle to a shovel and was bleeding from his right hand, police said. Beck, who was highly intoxicated, ran out of the church and was arrested, police say. Beck is not a member of the church. Police said Beck entered the church through a chapel that is open at all hours and vandalized it. A photo of the chapel shows the broken crucifix, they knocked-over kneeler, and a smashed candle. Beck then entered the main church, damaging different areas such as objects, On the altar and a candle area, police said he left a trail of blood. Using a bottle and hand sanitizer, Beck then tried to light a carpet leading up to the altar on fire, police said. A photo of the hand sanitizer shows a light next to it. With me on the phone is Pastor Al Davis of uh, Live with Pastor Al here on this station, also a board member of the Ohio Christian Alliance.
5: Pastor Al, these are disturbing reports. Your thoughts? Well, yes, Chris, and thank you for having me on. When we think about this, regardless of the denomination, regardless of whether we're Catholic or not, which, of course, both you and I are not, this is an attack on uh, what the world perceives as uh, Christian churches. And we can argue the, the, the theological differences later in another format, but for what the world sees... They see it as an attack upon Christianity, and this is one of a series of incidences, like you said, that's happened here lately uh, in Ohio, and uh, overall we've seen incidences across the country, and Ohio in particular, are up this year compared to previous years. Um, I think it's part of the sign of the times in which we live. You read that there in Second Timothy chapter 3, that we live in perilous times, a little further down in verse 13, he says, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived, which means they're going to get more and more of them. And uh, uh, when we realize what's happening, uh, we also put it in context with the pro-life uh, fight. Uh, that's coming up in November on the November ballot. Um, many things the devil is trying to discourage, I believe, Christians and uh, uh, try to silence churches uh, to keep us quiet so that we don't step out where people take notice of us, uh, which is actually what we're supposed to be doing. You know, God commands us to be salt and light in the world around us, and in the face of intimidation, sometimes people will kind of hide themselves and and not reach out and do the things that they ought to be doing. So uh, I do believe that uh, whether it's a group in particular, certainly the devil is, you know, trying to prevent uh, God's work from going forward. That's right. Here's another report
0: uh, from Shelby, Ohio. Belmont Community Church on Main Street has started nightly revival services in response to attacks of vandalism committed in the church between Sunday afternoon and Monday morning. Emotions ran high, said Belmont Community Church Pastor Hank Webb. We're experiencing hurt and pain, but in moments like this, we come uh, together against the trials, uh, we believe, uh, the leading of the hand of God. He goes on to say, the church conducted a special service on Monday night. It was in response because the church had received heavy vandalism at the church. And I'm going to read to you how, uh, uh, let's see, if in the same article, uh, the known, uh, let's see, Bushley said the suspects also destroyed the church's public address system. So they went into the church, they destroyed uh, speaker systems, the sound system, uh, the address system. They literally just smashed it, uh, causing tens of thousands of dollars of damage. Uh, entry to the church was forced through a rear door sometime between Sunday at 2.30 and 11 a.m. Uh, Monday, in which damages were discovered. Any information to help the investigation? So that one, there's been no arrests made, and uh, this is, again, you know, a situation of this Shelby Church where they received uh, terrible damage to their church, very frightening to the congregation.
5: Pastor, your thoughts? Well, absolutely. Again, that's what, uh, the devil wants to intimidate us. He wants to frighten God's people to prevent us from uh, standing up and and, and uh, being what we're supposed to be in the community. In Ephesians, Paul said, having done all to stand, and he goes on in the context, talk about being in a spiritual battle. And, uh, you know, it, it is easy to be intimidated, but what I like about this church that you just talked about here uh, in Shelby uh, is that their response was, was not to hide. Their response was not to, uh, you know, to hunker down and hope nobody would take too much notice of them. They responded with nightly revivals, and I think that is kind of where we ought to be looking as God's people in the face of attacks. We ought to remember that they've attacked, you know, God's people in the past. The, uh, the Christian history is full of attacks upon Christianity, Christian churches, and instead of uh, hiding. We need to get out there. We need to stand up. We need to have nightly revivals. We need to have prayer meetings. We need to stand up for the cause of Christ. Jesus said, In the world, you shall have persecution, but be of good cheer.
0: I have overcome the world. And that church, by holding the nightly revivals, are saying that the darkness is not going to put out the light of the gospel, but they're going to go forward and and share the good news of Jesus in their community, even though they've been attacked and vandalized and intimidated by these violent acts of vandalism. We're going to talk about what a local church should do uh, if you are the victim of a vandalism or an attempted arson or an attack at your church, uh, what you can do. Uh, In fact, I just got off the phone with Attorney General Dave Yost. He's going to be on the program in the next week or two. We're going to talk about this. Where uh, He was not aware of these specific incidences, and we're going to make sure that his office has all the documentation, and then we're going to have the Attorney General on to discuss it. I'm so glad that Pastor Al is available today to join me on this program to discuss this. Again, this information came into the Ohio Christian Alliance yesterday uh, from a group of pastors in central Ohio who have an association uh, who do speak out on public policy issues, and they wonder— if some of these attacks is in, in response to some of the public uh, statements they've made on public policy uh, it's not politicizing the church but the church is a voice and we can speak to um, public policy like any other civic group uh, and they shouldn't have to fear our, our voice being silenced uh, as a result of that speech now we don't know if these attacks uh, were a result of that certainly some of these church aren't a, Churches aren't a part of that association uh, at all down in Washington County and up in Willoughby. Uh, Those are other incidents. Are they isolated incidents, or is this a coordinated attempt at the church of vandalizing and attacking churches in Ohio? One thing is for sure. Churches are under assault like no other time in recent history, and maybe even in all of our history as a state. And we need to pay attention as to what's happened. Pastor, you were reading to me earlier a national publication that was issued in April, and it showed uh, Ohio was uh, one of the top states in which attacks occurred. Uh, Share that information with us.
5: Oh, absolutely! And when you think about this uh, we' saw we saw an uptick in attacks against churches uh, after the defeat of roe v Wade, of course, and, and along with the uh, uh, the uh, right to life uh, operations and things but the the increase in attacks on churches in just the first three months of two thousand and twenty three according to this article that was in the Christian Post uh, back in April. It says that the Family Research Council recorded, and this is just the first three months of of the year, uh, 15 attacks against churches in the first three months of 2018, 12 in the same period in 2019, 14 in the first quarter of 2021. Um, There were uh, 22 in the uh, first uh, four months of 2022, uh, none in 2020, I guess, but... uh, The numbers are up, 43 documented incidences, and Ohio, along with Tennessee, are second in the nation. North Carolina was number one uh, with seven incidents. Ohio and Tennessee each had five, and uh, five is five too many uh, as far as I'm concerned, but it does show a decided uptick that we can see uh, that uh, since certainly 2022 was a large number, and now this year even more. Uh, seeing uh, on the move. That's
0: right. And just in the last month, there's been a half a dozen attacks, major attacks in the state of Ohio just in the month of August alone. Folks, that's why we're bringing this attention to you on this program. The church is under attack. We as Christians need to be prayerful. We need to be vigilant. We need to be awake. Awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead and Christ shall give thee life. I'm reading from a publication here in of a church in Fredericktown, Ohio. That's just north of Columbus. This was the biggest, of course, uh, calendar day, is Resurrection Day. We all, as pastors, get excited about it. As Christians, we get excited about it, to celebrate the risen Lord. And just before Easter Sunday, a church in Fredericktown, Ohio, was attacked attack this year. Churches serve as a haven. When the world becomes overwhelmed, the congregation of the Christ of King Community Church is dealing with uncertainty after a vandal caused extensive damage to their billing during the Resurrection Week. While the tomb of the Resurrection Day was empty, people were found inside the resilient Fredericktown Church, according to Pastor Lucian Baker. Surveillance cameras showed the perpetrator arrived around 2 o'clock Wednesday morning when he was on the grounds for six or seven hours, damaging windows, floor tile, and furniture. Uh, Pastor Baker said, Uh, he, the vandal, was sitting out there. He was agitated, Pastor Baker said. He threw one big brick through the main door of the church and shattered the glass. He waited a little while, then picked up another brick and threw it through the window. Vandalizing religious property is a federal crime and can be punished by fine and or imprisonment. Pastor Baker said the group of parishioners worked hard to paint to repair the church, uh, of of ohio ninety five for easter damage inc- damages include the door, several windows, the interior, the floor, several pieces of furniture, and a communion table, several tables have glass embedded in their top, estimated cost uh between twelve and fifteen thousand dollars so pastor here again is another church that was heavily vandalized, and you can see he on the video they saw later this man was agitated, probably demonically inspired. And uh, this is the kind of uh, evil that's on the rise across the nation. You know, the Church of Satanism is a fast-growing church right now. Unfortunately, the people have rejected the truth of God and have turned
5: themselves over to a lie. Pastor Al, your thoughts? You're absolutely right. And and again, when you look at what's happening, you, you mentioned about the Church of Satan on the rise. They reported that just after the the overturn of Roe v. Wade, the number of uh, applications to the Satanic Temple of Ohio, which is in Columbus, I believe, their numbers went up from getting four or five applications a week to 15 to 20 applications a week. Oh, Lord. And so that's just a huge jump in, in just recent years, and it doesn't seem to be leveling off. We're seeing more and more cases uh, in the media where school teachers are uh, promoting uh, satanic imagery and even uh, Satanism itself in the public schools and and uh, in the uh, public libraries and things. Uh, we, we see these things being uh, mainstreamed more and more. And I believe what you indicated, we've turned away from God as a nation. And uh, I forget who it is that said it. That said, when when a people stop believing in God they'll believe in something else. They won't believe in nothing, they'll believe in something else. And I do think that's a part of the problem today. Absolutely.
0: I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. In uh, Ephesians six ten, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked." And take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Pastor, we are seeing um, the Church is starting to receive attacks and assaults, and um, because evil is on the rise in this country, people need to be vigilant in their faith. Your thoughts?
5: You're right and and again I'd like to go back to that church in Shelby their response to have the nightly Uh, revival meetings. This is what God's people need to do in the face of the rise of Satanism, the rise of violence against churches. We, as Christians, need to get together individually. We need to rededicate ourselves to the Lord, and we need to get on our knees and pray. And as churches, our churches need to come together, and our churches need to begin or remember that our first job is to uphold the gospel in the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we can start turning back in a sense of revival in the face of this attack upon Christianity in our state, I think we can see some tremendous ground gained by Christians. Um, We know that in the latter days, as you read, perilous times will come. Well, the latter days, we're in those days, and we're in those perilous times. More than ever, we need to get back to Christ in our churches.
0: Absolutely, Pastor Al, and people need to be emboldened uh, for their faith. The the Bible says in Proverbs chapter twenty-eight, "The righteous are as bold as a lion; the wicked flee when no man pursueth." And folks, we need to have that righteous boldness that comes from Christ and knowing Him, that our sins are forgiven, uh, that we are cleansed, and that we're standing on the Word of God in truth and proclaim the good news of Jesus. It is for everyone, whosoever will. Uh, let him come. And so even some of these perpetrators, uh, we hope that they come to faith in Christ, uh, you know, that they come to recognize Jesus as their Savior and they can be forgiven, certainly not just of this vandalism, but of all their sins. Uh, That is the good grace of God, that is the goodness of God leads us to repentance. Pastor, when we think about all this that's befallen us in these days, we can see that the rule of law itself, as we saw that former president Donald Trump, and 19 of his aides, his attorneys, and, and some of his advisors were charged by a county prosecutor in Fulton County, Atlanta. You know, we cannot divide the news items. We have to connect them. And when you have the breakdown of the rule of law, meaning a former president that served our country, uh, upheld and loves this country, being persecuted by a rogue political um, County prosecutor, and and you might say, well, why did President Trump go there? Because he believes in the rule of law. Uh, Because we if we don't have the rule of law in America, we have anarchy, folks, and that's why these uh, churches are being attacked because Satan wants to have no laws at all. That that life has no value. The breakdown of the rule of law means anarchy. You're not safe in your own street, in your own home at that point. If we don't have the rule of law, that's why the political left, the Marxists are trying to destroy everything that's good about our country. People come from all around the world to come here. Why? Because there's, there's truth in, the, in the, there was the rule of law, that you are innocent till proven guilty, that you have the process of, of the, the justice system. But when you violate and, and make vile that same justice system, what hope do we have? We're like no other tin-pot dictator, third country, world of, uh, banana republic. Pastor Al, that's what's happening. People are seeing this happen in Atlanta and in New York, and these trumped-up charges in uh, Washington against the former president. It, and, and it's never happened where he is a candidate on the Republican uh, side, and uh, the current Democratic leadership that's corrupt and vile and itself corrupted And we've seen Joe Biden has taken bribes from other countries when he was vice president and his son. But he's not being prosecuted. People are saying, why is that not happening? Because, folks, we don't hold the attorney general's office. We don't hold the power
5: right now. Pastor Al, your thoughts? Absolutely. And Paul nailed it when he said in Ephesians 6.12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places and we are certainly seeing spiritual wickedness in high places in our country today and uh, God's people need to take a stand you mentioned the armor of god earlier and i would i would mention there's nothing to protect the back because we're not supposed to be retreating are we as the song says onward christian soldiers and not backward christian <laughs> uh, Amen. Pastor. We're supposed Amen. to be advancing.
0: That's right, pastor, and we're going to do just that. We're going to do, folks, everything we can to defeat that radical evil abortion ballot measure in November in Ohio. We're going to have to push it below 50% in Ohio and get enough of our fellow countrymen to vote against it as well to save unborn lives and you're going to help us, folks. Um, And listen, you can follow us on Twitter at OCA President. That's where you can follow us, OCA President, um, on Twitter. You can also follow us on Facebook at Ohio Christian Alliance. We have a membership page. You can go there. It has to be part of the membership. We'll we'll, uh, prove you to be on there. We are able to post a lot of things on uh, Facebook and Twitter. We can't just send out an email. You can also go to our website at OhioCA.org. And you can join up for our email list if you go there. There's also important information. We'll also be having the church bulletin insert on issues one and two. And we will uh, have that up there shortly. Pastor Al, thanks for being my guest today. Thank you, Chris. God bless. Thank you, my friend. God bless you all. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.